Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. But as Christians, we believe. We have chosen to believe. And so that's where it starts, and that's faith. And God gives us, he gives mankind the ability to believe. That is simply the the origin, if you like. That is the start of it. Um, But to go further in terms of believing, and I can just say to Emily, you know, she transitioned after singing, and she did such a fine job. A lot of what she's talking about is really what I would like to discuss tonight. And one of the scriptures, she actually the scripture she quoted, I mean, think about it. She's got this whole book, and, um, and she chooses the very scripture that changed my life, wow. which was 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And I'll read it again, if you, if, yes. if you guys don't mind. It says, And God is able to make all grace. That's everything that He does. Yes. That's everything that He is responsible for. That's nothing that we have to do. It's all Him. Grace is all Him. That's, so he makes all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance wow. so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Wow. Now, I quoted that scripture day in and day out because I happened to be on, the social, on Social Security at the time. And I had some promises wow. from the Lord, and I said, Lord, this is what your word says. So I held it, and I quoted it back to my father, and he was delighted, because he had a child pointing him back to his word, and he gets behind his word. He honors his word. He is his word. He sent his word. Yes. So when we look at his word and we... Instead of looking at the Bible as a mirror and seeing the mirror, rather we do look at the mirror and see the reflection that is in the mirror. Look for the reflection. Don't look for the mirror. Yes. Look for what he's talking to you about. He is in there, not in print, but in your heart. That's awesome. Anyway, let me move on, um, Aaron, and, and move to what I have prepared. Now, I've prepared a few <laughs> notes. So, um, because as a business guy, I, I don't do this every week. So, so that everyone be kind to everybody, I'll try and move it along. So, what I've spoke, I've prepared something as basically it says how to use your hands when you pray. Yes. Now, um, the goal for us believers is not about how to pray and receive a new Mercedes Benz or... Um, the very thing you desire. It's not about things. Faith is about our relationship with God. It's about love and relationship. And if you look at, if I can make Ephesians 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 19, if I can make that the key scripture for tonight, Ephesians 3, 19 says, to know the love of Christ. Our goal as believers is to know the love of Christ. For us individually, which passes knowledge, it goes past your mental um, realm, past your mental ability to think and philosophize. His love is real. 
And it's to know that love that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And to know his love simply means that you know him. And if you yes. know it, because he is love. And if you know him, you know his spirit. So, you know, famous plumber. Um, you know, I champion, I like to champion people in the marketplace because a lot of Christians are permanently looking um, to somehow preach. Yes. So always looking for the ice cream cone, if I can call it that. <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, um, we ought to all be working. Yes. So I'll get back to that. But anyway, well, Smith Wigglesworth was a fine plumber. And um, he had a famous quote, and he said, God's plan for you, because a lot of people, most, well, most people don't really know what God's plan for them is, and they keep wondering, um, and then, you know, you even get to your 60s, and I'm nearly there, and you think, well, I wonder what God's plan is for me. Well, God's plan for you is quite simple. It's just to be full of the Holy Ghost. Wow, yes. And then to the measure, Smith Wigglesworth said, to the measure that you lack this, you're that far short of God's plan for you. So if we had this cup of water and I filled it to the top, if it was overflowing, you would see. Yes. But if it was, if I drank half of it, I'd be half short of God's plan for me. God's plan for us is to be full. Yes, amen. There's no, um, there's no short on that. There is no cheating on that. God's plan is simple. It's for us to know him and for us to be full of him. And he makes it quite attainable and quite achievable. He makes it available to all of us to the point that John G. Lake was an insurance salesman. Wow, didn't know that. Smith Wheelsworth, famous man of faith, was a plumber. Um, the number of people in America who've left uh, the normal marketplace and God takes them and they you know, they've developed their lives, spiritual lives in the marketplace. Yes. So, okay, so simply it's for us to be full of him. And so to be full of him is, puts us in a place where we now want to start growing. Because as you're full of him, you start to develop this relationship of love where he gets closer and closer and you start to talk to him. Then you start to grow in love. <laughs> Just give me a moment. <laughs> this is good. Thank you, Jesus. Sorry, every time. When you talk about him, he pitches up. So anyway, hang on, Lord. <laughs> Sorry, folks, but anyway, you will understand. As you grow in love, you grow in his love. Yes. You start to trust him more because he becomes close. And when he's close, he's not a long way away in heaven. You're not praying to a God who's a long way away. 
and you walk in this world in whatever realm you are, whatever you do for, for a living, nursing, teaching, working for the government, in business, whatever you do, he's not far away. He's not a long way off in heaven. He's as close as you allow him to be. Yeah. And so our goal is to actually develop that. You know, 1 Thessalonians 4.10. He says, we urge you, beloved ones, to let this unselfish love increase and flow through you more and more. Aspire to lead a calm and peaceful life as you mind your own business and earn your living, just as we've taught you. By doing this, you will live an honorable life, influencing others and commanding respect of even the unbelievers. Then you'll be in need of nothing and not dependent upon others. So don't feel bad, folks, if you're still working. Working is godly, it's spiritual, Amen. and it's biblical. Okay, so then... What I'm trying to do today is to build a foundation. So as yes. you obediently go about your business, because God's put you into business, He's put you in the marketplace, and 99% of us are there. Yes. So He obviously expects to go with us because He lives on the inside of us. So when we go to the marketplace, He comes with us. Yes. Of course He's with us because He's in us. But then He wants us to know that He's there to help us in everything we do. So we have, we have a right, we have a biblical right to pick this book up and say, Lord, this is what you said. I'm going to work today. Of course you're coming with, but this is what you said you would do. Yes. You said to you the strength of my life. I'm going to agree with that, and I'm going to start saying that. And so you start to agree with the word and start to speak the word and start to say the word. That's when it works. That's when the word works for you. Hmm. Okay, so then he says... Um, he says for us to ask. James says, I think it's in James 4 verse 2, he says, you have not because you ask not. Yes. You know, in Psalm 37, 23, God talks about the detail of our lives. Would you mind if I just get a, some tissues there? Yeah. I think Dylan will bring him up, eh? I don't want to be sniffing to everybody's living room. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, so Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. Matthew 10 says, You can buy, sorry, 29 says, You can buy two sparrows for a copper coin. Yet not even one sparrow falls from its nest without the knowledge of your father. Aren't you worth much more to God than many sparrows? So don't worry, for your father cares deeply about even the smallest detail of your life. Romans 8, 28 says, So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means 
the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who, would be, who will become just like him. We are convinced that every detail of our lives. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Be cheerful when joyous celebration and every, sorry, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow. For you are united with the anointed one. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. We're not praying to a God who's a long way off. He is right inside of us. You know, the word is near you. Romans 10, 6, the word is near you. It's as close. The word is in our heart and on our lips. And that's God. Um, Hebrews 2, 18, he says, he suffered and endured every test and temptation so that he can help us every time we pass through the ordeals of life. So he says in Philippians 4, verse 6, he says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So that's what I'm trying to do today is just tell you about the goodness of God. Tell you about the fact that God cares about every detail. If he cares about sparrows falling out of a tree, he cares about us. He cares about every bit of our lives. He says in Psalm 73, 23, I love this, this psalm because I grew up at number 73. So, and then Psalm 23 is everybody's favorite. So Psalm 73, 23, in the New Living Translation, he says, you hold my right hand. And if, if, he's, if he's holding our right hand, he's interested. He's holding on permanently. Yeah. We are forever connected. You know, he says he even listens to our tears. There's another good psalm, Psalm 56, verse 8. He says, you've kept track of all my wandering. And a few of us have wandered. And sometimes we wander off the track and, we, and it's just stupid. It's simply stupid. You've kept track of all my wandering and my weeping. You've stored my many tears in your bottle. Not one will be lost, for they are all recorded in your book of remembrance. The very moment I call to you for a father's help, the tide of battle turns, and my enemies flee. This one thing I know, God is on my side. Now, if all you do today, if all you do tonight is just remember that scripture, Psalm 56, verse 8, and you go and it's 8 and 9, and if you mark that in your Bible and mark that, make sure that doesn't get away from you, and you just go and say that one three times a day, say it 10 times a day, God is on my side. You know, in Galatians 4, 6, 
I'm reading a lot of these scriptures from the Passion Translation. And if anyone doesn't have a Passion Translation, I would recommend you go Get buy it. one. Yes. Because it's all about his passion for you. Galatians 4, 6, he says, You're our true father. Now we are no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we are his, we can access everything our father has. For we are heirs of God through Jesus the Messiah. How good is that? It's amazing. So, our foundation is being full of him. And it sounds like what you're saying here is that to, to begin in our journey of faith, it all begins with God's love for us, recognizing his closeness and recognizing that he's never, he's always with us no matter where we go, not just when we're at church or not just when we're in our prayer time, but no matter where we are, he is with us. And so we begin with that point. So now I would like to hear a couple of, like what's some practical examples or stories from your own life where um, faith, you've had to activate faith or required it for something that needed, like a miracle or whatever, um, that you could share with us. Okay, I've specifically <laughs> recorded a few little stories. There are many, many stories. You know, there's a, there's a beautiful song on the circuit at the moment. It's a million little miracles. And because we've just had a beautiful little granddaughter yes. born into our home, it's the first little miracle. Well, not the first miracle, but she's a beautiful miracle. And God is so good, you know. He, he wants to bring many miracles into your life. Mm. That's who he is. Yes. And if you develop a story with him, you know, you develop a relationship. Every relationship has a story. It has a start. And eventually, as human beings, it does have an end. Our story with God never stops because we're eternal and we go into heaven to be with him there yes. in that other realm. Anyway, here are some stories. Okay, I'll tell um, I'm, a, I'm an identical twin, and my twin brother called Craig, he lives in Christchurch at the moment, and um, he and I had been to university, we, and after university, um, we got conscripted into the army because at the time in South Africa, we had to do two years of service. Yeah. So the two of us got into the train in Durban, and we took off. Excuse me, we took off to, um, to our destination to have basic training, which is going to be 11 months. Anyway, so we got on this train, uh, put our things down in the car, and we sat there. And then in walks this guy, this acquaintance from university, um, and he was with us at university. And, and his name was Neil, and, and we sat there talking for a bit, and then Neil popped up. He said, oh, well, good news is, I'm going to be posted back to Durban after the training. And we said, oh, how come? So he said, um, he said, no, my dad knows one of the generals. And he's pulling strings and he's going to get me back to Durban. Now, obviously, Durban was a far better posting than going to the border to go and fight on the border at the time. So, and I thought, man, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. So I stopped right then and there and turned to Craig and I, 
I t- just turned aside to Craig and I just said, hey, Craig, listen, why don't we do the same? That's a, that's a good idea. Why don't we agree according to Matthew 18, 19? He says again, Matthew 18, 19 says again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So I recalled the scripture and I said, Craig, look, this is what the Lord says. Why don't we agree? Let's ask the Lord to bring us back to Durban. That's a good idea. He looked at me and said, done. I agree. So with that, I turned back to Neil. I said, hey, Neil, we also going back to Durban. And he said, what are you talking about? So I said, hey, no, no. He said, don't be stupid, man. Who, who do you know? So we said, no, I said to him, I said, Neil, we, we know the guy at the top, at the very top. Amen. We know the guy at the, at, at the top of the top of the, of, of the South African Defense Force. And he looked at me and he, he said, no, oh, come on. Tell me another one, you know. So he says, well, who, who exactly do you know? I said, well, we know God. And, and, and with that, he packed up and said, you, you guys are loonies. <laughs> you, you guys are, are, are nuts. Um, he's, and he started with, with all the expletives that went with it, of course, and said, man, he couldn't believe it. He said, you, you guys, I just can't believe what, how stupid you people are. So um, I said, look, Neil, this is, what, this is what God says. He says, if we, two of us, Craig and I on earth, we, we both on earth, we're traveling across the earth at the moment. He says, if we agree on anything, he will do it for us. So we've agreed, and so that's what's going to happen. Oh, he just laughed. He laughed, and he said, man, you're a nut. So I said, well, Neil, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm a nut. Maybe I'm not. Let's wait and see. We've got 11 months of training. Let's wait and see what happens. And then 11 months later, Craig and I arrived back in Durban, posted back to Durban, and Neil was posted to the border. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. So, yeah, that's just a story of, you know, at the end of the day, what we have to do as humans, yes. whilst we're in these earth suits, we have to take the word. We have to take God's word to us, and we have to apply it. We have to make it personal, because that's the relationship. It's not relationship with a book. It's relationship with somebody you can't see, but he's left his words. So we then get a relationship with him through his words. His personal words, his letter to us, his love letter to us. So as we read his love letter to us, mm. we then embrace it by embracing. We've got to act on it if we believe it. So that's what, that's what we did. And, you know, we arrived back in Durban and it was fantastic because, I mean, the Lord set this whole thing up. Make no error. The fact that Neil walked into the apartment, or sorry, into the train uh, compartment, and, um, and sat there with us and started to discuss things, the Lord sent him. Yeah. And the Lord prompted it so that I would speak so that I could get back to Durban. Yeah. And then, but it all took faith. Yes. So the Lord's in everything, even organizing unbelievers to be a part of your life. Anyway, so we get back and with that, we, um, there was a commandant there who was a, uh, he was a Christian. He was a, he was a good Christian man. He was a Pentecostal, Bible-believing, you know, hallelujah man, you know. 
And he, um, we, we walked in and, and a, f- a fellow that I knew, knew him and, and he put in a word for me and unbeknownst to me, and he had these four positions and we were, they had um, four wheel drives, vehicles, and we were given a platoon of soldiers to look after and these four highly desired positions. And there were pl- a couple of platoons of soldiers. And of course he gave two of the positions to Craig and I. Wow. And with that, this guy said, man, are we going to do stuff for Christ this year? And, um, and that's what kicked Craig, Craig and I off into doing all sorts of things. Um, and the Lord was part of it. Yes. But faith is a massive part. Like believing him, speaking his word is a huge part of having the relationship. And what happened is, I mean, it was good for me back to be back in, 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 um, back in Durban because... I was engaged to my wife, Meredy, engaged to my wife-to-be, I should say. And um, we'd been engaged for a while, and we wanted to get married. And we arrived back home, back in Durban in November. And we were going to get married in the January. So the one day, I I recall, I drove into with this four-wheel drive, that wonderful four-wheel drive that the Lord gave me, um, I drove into the barracks, and I parked, and I went walking off. And one of the guys said to me, he said, hey, I hear you're getting married. So I said, yeah, yeah, January. And, and with that, he, um, he said, how can you do that? Why would you, why would you marry one girl at your age? Why wouldn't you get around? There's lots of girls, you know. Why, why, would, why would you just hock, hock yourself to one girl? I was, he says, besides, he says, what are you going to live on? The, 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 the wage is pathetic. You, won't even, you will not even be able to afford somewhere to live. So I said to him, I said, oh, yeah, you know, like God's good, you know. I mean, he says for us to get married and love is for one, and that's fine. You know, you believe whatever you want to believe, but that's what I believe. Yeah. And um, I said, where am I going to live? Said, that's a good question. And once again, the Lord sent somebody into my life just to prompt me, just to help me. And he, this, this guy said, well, where are you going to live? And I went home that, that day and I thought, that's a good question. And I'm a bit foolish. I don't even know. I'm going to get married. I don't even know where I'm going to live. So I thought, man. So I got home. I was staying with mum and dad. And, and I said, you know, at dinner table, I said, mum, you know, you guys have got four units why don't I rent one unit? I mean, the rent is cheap. They, they rent controlled something they had in South Africa at the time. And so it was really cheap rent. And I thought, why don't I have one of your units? So with that, mom went on to explain that they couldn't actually break the, the tenancy. They had had somebody in there for a long, long time. And, and it was just illegal to do. It's without going into the detail of the law. So she couldn't break the, 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 the rental agreement. So she said, oh, it would have been nice, but I just, we just can't do it. But she then dropped something. She said, well, you know, it's sad because every, at every meeting, body corporate meeting that they have, there is a complaint about this one tenant because they're considered to be a fire hazard. And they'd got sick and, um, and they got to the point where they were, had become a bit of a risk to the whole building. And, and the body corp were actually a bit concerned. And this came up at every meeting. 
body corp meeting. And so my mum mentioned this. She said, oh, it's a pity because this is really what's happening underneath. I said, oh, okay. I went to bed that night. Before going to bed, I got on my knees. And I said, Lord, you know, you heard us talking today. You heard mom and I and mom, dad and I chatting about these units. And, and you know the problem. I mean, you heard the whole thing. But I, I want to talk to you about that. I just want to ask you something. So I said, Lord, you know, that person that's in that flat, that's, they don't even really realize that it's probably time to move on because how do you know when it is time to move? I said, Lord, you know, they probably could do with some help. They could probably do with somebody looking after them. I thought, yeah, that's a bit fair, you know, that's, that's, that's kind and, you know, and, and they're a problem to the building and, and look, at the end of the day, yay, I'll get a place to live too, you know. But, and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, would that be a problem if I asked you to move them on? Is, is that too much to ask you? Is that, is that breaching the rules of kindness and love? And I, I said, Lord, is, is that okay if I asked you that? And the Lord didn't say anything. <laughs> and he just kept quiet. But what I did is I looked deep. Yeah. So whilst I'm praying, I'm, I was... I was waiting for his answer and I just looked on the inside of me because that's where he lives. Yes. And I was waiting, you know, some people talk about a green light and a red light. And I was waiting, I said, Lord, no, yes. And I never felt a no. Hmm. I think, okay. If that's okay with you then, then I'm going to ask you to do that. I'm going to ask you to move that person out of that unit, find them somewhere else to live, so that I have somewhere to move into. And that was my prayer. Simple, simple prayer. And so the next day I drive to work, and of course I drive in, and guess who I see? <laughs> the same guy who said, where are you going to live? Hey. And I looked at him and I said, you know, it's amazing. I found somewhere to live. <laughs> it's Unit 4, 100 Chelmsford Road, Glenwood, Durban. And he looked at me and he thought, really? I said, really? And that was the unit that I'd prayed and asked the Lord to give me. And, and so I made a confession. I made an action. Yes. Uh, you know, I couldn't, you know, when you're praying for somebody, you be healed, you want to respond in faith. Yes. So even if it means lifting your hand or kicking your leg or doing something you want to do in faith, you want to believe. Believing is doing. So if you can't do something, I couldn't do anything more about that other than speak. Yeah. So I spoke and I said to the guy, yes, I have found somewhere. Thank you very much for asking. And I went about my day and, and then the weeks went by and we were getting closer to our D-date, our marriage wedding date. And Mary D started to get a bit worried about things and about me, of course which she had every right to do. But she said, Trev, why don't we go shopping for a unit to live in this weekend? And I said, but why, Meredith? Why would we do that? I've got somewhere to live. <laughs> yes. And she said, well, okay, well, all right. And with that, she went, took a friend. And she took a friend and she went off um, house hunting unit hunting for the weekend or that day, this Saturday. And I went, to, I don't know what I did, probably played golf or something. But 
anyway, she came home and we, we chatted. And I said, how'd you go? She said, terrible. They're too expensive. Mm. I said, well, don't worry about it. We've got somewhere to live. <clears throat> so with that, one, another week went by. And the next weekend, she did the same thing. Mary came to me and said, Trev, I'm going house hunting this weekend. Let's go and find a unit to live in. And I said, no, I've got a unit to live in. <clears throat> I know where I'm living. Unit 4, 100 Chelmsford Road, Glenwood, Durban. That's where I'll be living. And so she took her friend and they went off unit hunting again. Why she married me and how she married me, she must have thought, this is one real nutter. But anyway, she must have seen something because she pursued it and she kept on with the marriage. She got home that weekend, the following Saturday, and said, no, she didn't find anything. I said, well, don't worry about it. It's fine. We have a place. The Lord, I already have somewhere because I've asked the Lord to give us one. And that is the place that we will be living in. Yes. So we went about our, our, our lives and, 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 and we got married. <coughs> Excuse me. The, the wedding came and that was, of course, fantastic. And, and then we went off on a three-week honeymoon. No cell phones those days. That was marvelous. And um, so we, we go off and we have a wonderful honeymoon. Quiet, there on the Zululand coast, fishing, whatever. Second to last day of honeymoon, I find a, a call box and I, I phone my mum. And I say, mum, we've had a wonderful time, but we're coming home tomorrow just to give you the heads up, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and with that... The, the phone went quiet, and I said, and she started crying. I said, Mum, what, what, what's happened? What's, what's, we've been away for three weeks. We haven't heard anything. We have no, no mobile phones, no contact. What, what's happened? And she gathered herself, and she said, Trev, I've got something in the post today. <laughs> They've resigned the unit our second to last day of honeymoon. They resigned the unit. Wow. And they, so the good news was, I got home, we stayed with Meredith's um, dad at Meredith's dad place for a couple of weeks and um, the unit came available and, and we moved in. And boom, there it is. But there was another part of that story because mum had gone to, mum was a bit worried about me because I was being a little bit too, absolute with my believing. And I could have sounded like a, a becoming fanatical and going off the deep end. However, so one day she was walking into the block of units, a block of flats, and, um, and she bumped into the daughter of this individual in this flat, this fire hazard person. And the, the daughter said, hey, listen, would you mind if we paint the unit? We're planning on painting the unit. And mum, of course, said, yeah, yeah, sure, you know. But with that, she came to tell me, made a spe special trip to come and see me. I think I was at Meredith's dad's place at the time. And she came and said, Trev, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit worried about you. You know, that they, they're going to be painting that flat. They will not be moving out. So you need to go and find something else. I said, mom, don't worry about it. If they're painting it, they're painting it for me. <laughs> So anyway, so that's how it worked out. So I, in that story, I had a few opportunities to yeah. drop the bundle yes. and lose my answer to prayer. I had 
I had the first day when I went back to the, back to the army barracks. The guard, he asked me, have you got, where are you going to live? That was one. Yes. Then I had Meridi house hunting firstly, the first, first trip. Then a second trip house hunting, that's three opportunities to go, well, this hasn't really worked. Let me just go and find something in case, have a backup plan. And then fourth, I had my mum come to me. I had four opportunities to say, this prayer won't work. Wow, yes. So those are two little stories. All right, so listening to that, though, first of all, that's amazing. So you found out you needed a house, couldn't, there were too much, it was, the rent was too high, you couldn't get anything, you believed God, and then you not only got a house two days just before you came back from honeymoon, and then it was also painted for you. That's amazing. Well, that's the funny part about it. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that, because it wasn't painted. Right. So that's how the devil works his little magic in our lives, because that was his devious plot, simply. Right, okay, I'm with to you. To get me to move off my Believe in what hold, God told you. Yes. holding on to the fact that this is what I prayed, and this is it. Wow. All right, well, so now... I think just quickly, I think um, whenever I hear those kinds of stories, I'm like, okay, yes, cool. And I've heard those story, like stories like that many times from great, many great preachers and people of faith. But I mean, especially as a young person, I'm sitting there going, okay, so, but what do I actually need to do? Like, because I've, like, I've heard these stories and then gone, oh, okay, I just got to say I've got the thing. And so I say I got the thing and then I don't get the thing. Right, so... It seems like, like there's some elements of understanding and revelation when it comes to faith of things that we need to understand and apply, like through that whole process then, there was things going on. So could you maybe, I, know, I think we've, we've kind of talked about this a little bit, there's, there's a couple of points that we could talk through about what does it look like to practically take, so whatever our lovely congregation, family members at home, they'll all have... They'll, Everyone's got something, there's a need or something they're believing God for. So what does it look like for you to, like, say tomorrow or even, you know, this evening after they finish watching this service, what does it look like to actually take the steps to be believing God and seeing the outcome? Okay, so what... Excuse me. This what? is the point where you grab your pens and notepads, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, if you haven't already. Now, that, that is a good idea. Um, if you want to contact heaven, the other realm, and pull something out of it, here are a few things you can, you can a few little um, tips. Trev's tips. Some tips for it you. Is. And I've called this... How to use your hands when you pray. Come on. So, firstly, number one, before you address him in prayer, use your hands to find his address. Yo. Use your hands to find his address. He lives where his word is. So yes. you've got to find the scriptures that relate to what you're trying to ask him for. 
There's yeah. no sense asking him to give you somebody else's husband. <laughs> yeah. You won't find that in the book. Yes. So you have to find scriptures that relate, scriptures that help. You know, I open my Bible here and it falls over to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 32, 27. He says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Yeah. That's a good one to quote to the Lord. Yeah. So find the address. He is watching over. He says in Jeremiah 1.12, he says he watches over his word to perform, to perform it. Yes. He watches his word to, to perform it. So what we do is you locate preferably three scriptures so yep. that they line up with what it is that he has promised you. And then you take the scriptures and you plant them in your heart. You, 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 you write them down, you meditate on them, you repeat them, you keep them, you hold them close. Yes. You plant them in your heart and then you water them. Seed, time, harvest. Time is important. Yes. So use your hands. Okay. Find the address. Find out where he says, this is what I'm prepared to do. I, I promise to do the following. If yes. you say, Lord, I would like for, please would you help me with X, Y, Z. Remember, we're developing relationship. Yes. That's what we're trying to do. Amen. We're developing love and relationship. So in that relationship, say, Lord, this, I'll do this. Could you do that? And it's personal. You, you don't copy anybody else. It's yep. personal. You do your thing. Work out your own salvation. Brilliant. So that's your first step. All right, step one. So that is before you address him in prayer, find the address with your hands. Come on. Okay. Great. Next one. Number two. Now pray. You're ready to pray? Now pray, but use both hands. Every phone has got the emoji. Oh, yes, the praying emoji. Use both hands. Yes. Okay, so what I mean by that. You know, Philippians 4, verse 5, he says, The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. He has an open hand ready to receive. So what we do, when we pray, what's important is that we enter into this believing realm. You're entering into an unseen realm. You're talking to an unseen God. Yeah. Nobody's seen God whilst you're here on the earth. You're entering that realm. The only way to do it is to rely on his word and believe his word. Yes. You have to believe the word. Okay, so what you do is you take a piece of paper. Here's one okay. we prepared earlier. So let's say I write my little prayer to the Lord. So I'm, 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 I'm asking the Lord to do something. Lord, I'm looking for you to give me uh, Unit 4, 100 Chancellor Road, Glenwood. And so I've written that prayer on there, and now I hand it over. When I hand it over, I don't want to hand it over with one hand like that. And then I pray, Lord, Father, please help me. I need somebody to live. 
uh, can you help me? I'm getting married. Oh, I'm desperate. I, I don't have any money. I don't have enough money. Please, I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, God, please help. Oh, oh, oh thank you. Um, amen. So what I've done, I've given with one hand. Yes. And I've taken back with the other hand. Yes. So what, what I've done, has God got my problem? No, I took it back. I gave him the uh, yes. problem, I said amen, and then I took my prayer back. He doesn't even have it. So the key is to pray with both hands, and this is how you do it. You pray like an African. <laughs> Take your prayer. Now, I've, I've used both hands, and I gave my prayer to the Lord with both hands. Now, he has the prayer. Yes. He has the problem. I don't have the problem anymore. I dropped it off with both hands. I didn't use the other hand and just pinch it back. So that's what I call but praying with both hands. Pray and let go. Come on, that's a good way. You should say that one more time. Pray with both hands yes. and pray and let, let go. go. Good word. Okay, so that's your second thing. Yes. Gee, I thought we had space up here. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so I'm just aware of time. You know, the reality is, if we take the scripture about worry, um, you know, 1 Peter 5, 7, I, I want to read that quickly because it's, it's, it's very, very relevant. Um, 1 Peter, I'm using the Passion Translation again. Uh, let's find that there. He says, pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. For he always tenderly cares for you. Yeah. Let them go. Leave them there. Amen. Okay, so now we've left the prayer with the Lord, okay? Yes. Now remember, only one person can worry about it at one time, so I prefer God to worry rather than me. <laughs> okay, number three. The next thing is this. Now you have to believe. Because until you see, so let's say I've asked the Lord to give me a box of tissues. Until I see the box, it should be tucked away. But anyway, <laughs> if I ask the Lord to give me a box of tissues. Yes. I can't see the box. So I have to believe. Yes. There's no sense believing when you see. What you see, you don't have to believe. We as believers believe in a God we cannot see. Yeah. When you pray and ask him to give you something, you have to believe that you receive. You know, Mark 11, 20, 24 says, when you pray, believe that you receive when you pray. pray. Yes. You've got to believe now. You don't believe when you see it, then I'm going to believe. That's Thomas's doubting faith. This is Thomas's doubt. Only if I see the imprints in his hands will I believe. No, that's doubt. We believe when we don't see. Yes. So what prayer does, or rather what 
Prayer is just talking to the Lord. What believing does is believing changes the tense. So it takes the future, which is hope, and it brings it into the now. It changes the tense. It makes it a past tense. The, the, the whole, the scripture, the New Testament, the love letters to us are all written in the past tense. Yes. Except for the last enemy, death. That one day we will move on and be like him once we've moved out of these earth tents. So when we believe, it believing changes the tense. You're putting things that, oh Lord, I'm asking you to give me a new bicycle. Now, if I'm thinking he's going to, going to do it, if I'm asking him for healing and he's going to heal me, that's still future tense. But if I bring it into the now, I say, Lord, thank you for having answered my prayer. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for my new bicycle. Thank you for my box of tissues. Yes. Thank you for having answered. Thank you. That means it's now done. And if it's done, it is now complete. It's in the past tense. Yes. So change the tense when you pray. Amen. Once you ask him to get involved, believe that he will get involved. <laughs> Don't ask him again and repeat your prayer the next day. Yes, so, you said this to me before. That's right. So coming back to this, uh, if I pray with one hand, I pull it back and I've still got the prayer. The next morning I say, oh, Lord, I still, man, we got a real problem. I got no money. I need a unit. I'm getting married. Oh, Lord, please, won't you help? And I say the same prayer again. What am I doing? Trying to twist his arm? Mm. I need to pray with both hands. Let it go and say, no, he's got it. The next time I pray, I'm going to thank him. Lord, ah. thanks so much that you've got my problem. I don't have the problem anymore. It's your problem. Lord, thank you for answering my prayer. Thank you that you said, your word says, whatsoever things I desire when I pray, that you believe that I receive. Oh, Lord, I believe that you do stuff. Thank you for being, thank you so kind. You're such a kind father. Whatever you have belongs to me. Isn't that an amazing scripture? I think it's in Galatians, Galatians 4. How are we for time? We are just about, we're just about out of time. Okay, I'll have to spin it up. Eh? He says in Galatians 4, verse 6, Passion Translation, he says, You're our true father. Now we're no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy the we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we're his, we can access everything our father has. Hmm. How good is that? So when you pray, believe that you receive when you pray. So hold your belief. Don't drop. Use your hands. When you're believing, yes. use your hands. Hold on to your belief. Don't drop it. Good word. All right. So then we have number four. So just to recap real quick. So we address him in prayer. Find the address. Find his address in the scriptures. Now we pray and make sure we use both hands to let go. And, and then don't take it back. And then we're going to hold on to our belief and keep believing and not deviate. All right. So then number four. Okay. What's our... So let me speed it up. Number four, confidently speak and use both hands when you tell the world. Woo. <laughs> speak with both hands cupped. And when you speak, speak confidently. Yeah. Shout. Be loud. 
You know, speaking is, is doing. Speaking is acting. James says, show me your faith without your works. Yes. I'll show you my faith by my works. Yes. Abraham took his son up the mountain mm. as a sacrifice. It was his faith speaking. It was his belief that what God had said he would do. Wow. His actions were speaking. Your speaking are your actions. Yes. So when I spoke to that guy at the army barracks and I said, yeah, I've got a place, thanks. When I declined to go shopping, house hunting for a unit, my faith was speaking. Yes. My believing was speaking. And I said, no, I've got a place. I spoke confidently. He said, no, that's my spot. So don't forget, when you pray, speak. Romans 10.10 10 is a fabulous scripture because that's exactly how you get saved. He says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto. You yes. see, what we're doing is we're pulling something out of the spirit realm. So to do that, you've got to believe and you've got to speak. Your breath is the connector between that realm. You're believing. You don't see your heart. Believing and speaking. So yes. when you speak, you're connecting the two realms. You're pulling from the realm of the spirit. So your, your speaking is very important. It's confess unto salvation. Confess unto healing. Salvation is the Greek word soteria, which simply means all things, deliver, health, salvation, save, saving. Yes, yes, yes. So whatever you're doing for health, you speak unto health. You grab his word, you put it in your heart, and you speak his word on health. Okay, so use both hands and tell the world. Be strong with your confession. Yes. Remember, if your actions don't line up with what you say, then your actions win. Hey. They are the dominant or real belief of your heart. All right, number five. Now, don't drop the goods. Hold on <laughs> with both hands. You have every opportunity to drop your prayer and drop your answer. And it's not God's fault. He is willing and he's able. Yes. He's more than able. And remember, seed, time, harvest. harvest. Yes. Give him time to bring the solution. Yes. If you're looking for health, if you're looking for healing, give him time. You will start to recover from the moment you pray, if you believe. Mm. Don't worry that you don't feel right straight away. Just believe. This is fine. It's, this is good. He's got it. My body is recovering. Amen. Yes. Time. When, we, when you pray for something, okay, so let's say quickly you've got, I've asked for the box of tissues. Yes. Now what happens is if my confession is wrong, if I change my belief, my believing is now I'm starting to doubt whether you actually answered the prayer or not, God. So now I've got the, I've actually, I've got it, but now I start to doubt. And I've just dropped it. So I've asked you for something, I've asked the Lord for something to do something for me, and I've, I've, I've got this thing, and I'm holding, I'm holding, oh, but I start to doubt, somebody says, I, I, and then I wave and I doubt, and I drop my answer. Hmm. And I've got to start it all over again, and I think, God never answered my prayer, but meantime, my doubting dropped his answer that he gave. Wow. 
So keep believing, keep speaking, keep holding. There's some fantastic scriptures for that if you want to write them down. Hebrews 4.14 and Hebrews 10.23. You know, Hebrews 4.14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest, his name is Jesus, who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Hold fast your belief. Hold fast your believing in him. Don't let somebody dupe you and talk you out of it. Yeah, come on. God is good. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Come on. If you want mind, don't mind, I'll just quickly read this. I wrote this some time ago. It says, the reason for us not receiving the answers to our prayers most often, most often than not, is due to us not understanding the spiritual realm. God has already provided all things for us. Grace has already, 2,000 years ago on the cross, provided all things for us. He gave us everything. He gave us himself. He gave us Jesus. Yes. He, he cannot give us any more. He has already done his part. What we have to do is stretch out the hand of faith from our spirit, our inside being, and stretch across this deep valley of unbelief <laughs> into the unseen realm of the spirit. Lay a hold of those things that have already been provided through grace. They're in the storeroom that has no key or padlock and is permanently open to us children. We often pray prayers that are answered by our Father and are granted with a big yes, okay, no problem. 2 Corinthians says it's, it's, it's all yes and amen in yeah. Christ. Then... We answer, then when the answer is on the way from the unseen realm, held in the hand of faith, we drop the goods in flight by opening the hand of faith with the mental lever of doubt. The goods are dropped into the deep abyss of unbelief, never to be seen. They never eventuate. And then we are told by that lying spirit, the devil and his demons, that God didn't answer our prayer for some made-up reason that sounds reasonable. And we agree with him. Yes. And so goes the circle of death, the trap of unbelief that many unknowingly have trapped themselves in through incorrect thinking and therefore incorrect believing. Wow. So hold on. He is good and he watches over his word to perform it. Okay, yes. number six. Now it's time to use one hand. Oh. <laughs> because doubt comes. And when it comes, raise one hand. Speak to the hand, devil. <laughs> Resist doubt. Stop right there. Yes. Stop there, devil. Resist doubt. We as believers have to learn to resist doubt. 1 Peter 5.8 is, um, is the scripture we, um, you know, can we read that quickly? You know, in, in, in verse 7, uh, we, we're talking tonight about casting your cares upon the Lord. Um, we're talking about giving Him your worries and your anxieties. You know, at a time like this, there's a lot of people worried. Yes. Worry about COVID, worry about the world, worry about where it's all going to end. Don't worry. We are citizens of another place called the kingdom of heaven. We're eternal beings. We, have, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And He absolutely dotes on us. He loves us. We are, 
we are citizens. We are ambassadors of a different realm. We have a passport to a different kingdom. Anyway, so when we, he says in how Peter's talking, he says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Verse 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking him, whom he may devour. Verse 9, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Resist him. Resist him. Don't let him stick around. Doubt is of the, of the, of the devil. Doubt is not for us believers. We are believers. We're not doubters. Resist doubt. Don't let it come anyway any closer. That's not for us. We are not doubters. Okay, then in, um, in James 4, 7, he says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he, he will, will flee from you. You know, in the Greek it says, he will flee from you as in terror. Wow. Use the name of Jesus, and you're an ambassador with the whole of heaven behind you. And that little demon, that monkey-looking thing will just disappear. <laughs> it will run as Amen. in terror. So if every image that comes to you once you've prayed, every image, right. every suggestion, every impression, every feeling, every thought that does not contribute to your believing that you have what you have asked for should be cast down and rejected and resisted. Wow. Okay, here's number seven. The last point, here we go, number seven. Never forget to give thanks hey. with your mouth and both your hands. Give the Lord a clap. Use your hands and thank the Lord. Wow. He is so good. He will do whatever he says he will do. That's it. That's amazing. I think <laughs> if you have had a pen, you write those things down, or you pray like that, your prayers will be forthcoming and you will receive answers to your prayer. And then you've developed a relationship with the Lord. Yes. Then your love grows because you now know more. Your faith develops. Your faith and your love grows. Faith doesn't just start off bang and you've got the whole deal. Your faith grows. It develops it develops with your relationship. So as you get your prayers, your million little prayers, as you go through life, yes, and you are you get prayer answered, another prayer answered. You're 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 developing this relationship with him, and this you start to love him more. Hmm. You cannot live without him. So that is what it's about. It's about knowing him, yes, and knowing his love. That's amazing. Yes, and I think that's the. The crucial thing to understand in all this, as you said, is that this isn't just a group of tasks to tick off to try and get what you want, but all of these keys are done in the context of a loving relationship with your Father. Exactly and that's right. where that is, that is where the grace is and the freedom and you're actually, it's not me trying to do this thing to get what I want. And there's a big distinction there, isn't there? I mean, James says you have not because you ask not. And then when you do ask, you want it for your own uh, selfish measures. So it's not about living a, an earthly, um, selfish life and a lifestyle where um, it's a name it and claim it, smash and grab, get rich scheme. <laughs> yes, that's it's, right. That's, that's right. not what it is. No. 
faith is who we are. We are believers. Yes. We are believers and we are lovers. Faith works by love. You only have faith if you love. Yeah. So you cannot separate the two. It's the same spirit. Amen. It's not just learning this little thing as an art, as an art form and then enacting it and then you're good at it. No, it's a relationship. So good, Trev. Look, I know we've gone a little bit over time tonight, but I just feel like this is such a crucial um, message and such crucial keys that are foundational. And, like, the hope is really that, like, that if we could have a body of believers that didn't always just need to come and get prayer for something, but they knew how to take their prayer to the Lord themselves and see the answers, like, that's the goal, right? That, that, that we can have that we can all grow up in maturity and understanding about what faith is instead of being confused and just sort of firing shots off because we heard a, a word about it once or twice. I think that's the whole goal. So let me just, I just want to quickly, one last time, go through each one of these points and then maybe if you have just some, a final comment to, to make, Trev, and then you can pray for us. So remember, number one was before you address him in prayer, find his address in the word. Get your promises from the word. Number two, now pray and make sure you use both hands and give the promise to the Lord. Careful not to give it back, or, or to take it back, I should say. Now believe now and keep your believing in hand and don't deviate. Tie them as a reminders around your hand. Number four, now confidently speak using both hands. So it's declaration and it's confidently declaring what the Word says and what God has promised you. Number five, hold on with both hands and don't drop the goods through unbelief. Keep believing and keep confessing. Number six, now it's time to use your one hand to speak to the hand devil. Amen? And the last one, never forget to give thanks with your mouth and both of your hands. It's praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. That is amazing. Now, Trev, final comments, and maybe if you could just pray for everyone at home as we go, that would be amazing. Don't ever forget how to pray with your hands. It will help you. If you are in your 20s, you've got a long way to go. It's a good thing to learn. I'm nearly 60 and, you know, I've, I've been so blessed by the Lord. You know, at one point I was on social security and I was quoting the scriptures to the Lord and, and I watched the Lord just bless my life. It's all about partnering your life with His. Yeah. Don't do life on your own. It's too hard. It's too hard. I know I'm nearly 60. Life's tough on your own. There are a lot of confused people out there. There's a lot of voices in the world. Everybody thinks they have the answer. <laughs> There's a lot of educated people, five degrees, trying to work out how to get over COVID in this pandemic, and there's a lot of theories floating around. The reality is nobody knows. But God knows. Yes. And, you know, we don't have to worry about that because, you know, simply time is, time is an opportunity. Every person on this world, in this world, on this planet, has been given a gift, and it's called time. And the definition of time is simply this. It's an opportunity for you mm. to meet up with God. 
So the moment you've met up with him, you've hit full, full marks. You've hit the bullseye. You're part of the city. You're a citizen of heaven. You, you're part of the family of God. Spiritually, you've been translated from darkness to light. You've got the entire heaven, the, all his angels, his thousands of angels behind you. You've got God himself, Jesus, your high priest sitting there praying for you. You've got the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of you. You've got everything. Single thing, we are charged with the Holy Ghost. We are charged with His presence. The same Spirit that raised Him, took Him, His power that pulled Him out of the, uh, out of the tomb is the same Spirit that lives on the inside of us. So it's just about us getting to know who we are yeah. and to have a relationship with Him so that you can hear His voice. Amen. So we want to walk gently, you know, and you want to... Um, do as Hebrews, you know, you, you want to detest lawlessness. You can't walk this path and then walk half-heartedly and sin and, you know, and then talk to Jesus and say sorry. And, you know, that's not how it works. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people get trapped like in that space. We've all been trapped in something. We've been deceived in something. But the reality is don't look back. Amen. Look forward. Yeah. Today. Time is your opportunity. Now is the time. Mm -hmm. We are sitting together having a discussion about the Lord, having the discussion about Him and His love. And it really, all it entails is for us to draw closer to Him. Yeah. Let each one, it doesn't matter where you're at. If you've never committed your life to Him, now is the time to do that. Yeah. Why would you wait for tomorrow? It's a stupid idea. What are you waiting for? The reality is, He's too good. He wants to help you. Let me read your scripture. It says Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says, "Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Come on. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it." Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now is the time. Every single one of us can draw closer. The Bible says, draw, humble yourself and draw closer to him. How do you do that? This is how you do it. You just stop going the way you're going and say yes. Stop. I'll never forget when I, I was traveling back to university one day in the back of this car and a friend of mine was driving and I was lying on the back seat, had a heavy weekend and I sat up and I saw the stop sign and, and the Lord said to me, stop, you're going the wrong way. I wasn't going the wrong way. I was going back to the university. I was, it was a Sunday. We were going back for Monday's university. And, and it was, the university was an hour and a half away from where we lived. And the Lord says, stop, you're going the wrong way. And that night I went to church. I didn't hear what the preacher said, but I can tell you one thing. I was the first person up the front. Wow. I was the first person that walked up the front and said, yep, it's time I stopped going the wrong way. You know, we can all stop going our own way. 
we can all draw closer to him. And he is so close. He's not far away. It's just a case of us softening our hearts and stepping forward towards him, humbling ourselves, say, Lord, I know you're good. I would love for you to join me, join me in my life. You have my life. You come and join me. Come and live on the inside of me. Take control. I want, you know, you'll never be lonely again. There's so many lonely people. It's just not necessary. Just join your life. Join your life with Him. Let's all reverence Him now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Wherever you are, just close your eyes. Mind the distractions, close your eyes. And you just say a simple prayer to him. Tonight say, Lord, please, come and join your life with me. I want you to be my best friend. I want to know you. I want your encouragement every day. And he'll answer your prayer. Yep. He's busy answering it right now. You just keep your eyes shut and let him answer your prayer. God honors his word. He is waiting for every single one of us to turn our attention to him. We can all do more. Turn to him. He's a lover. He's, he's delightful. He's, he's amazing. He's the best person you'll ever know. It's difficult because you can't see him. But as you develop your relationship, it becomes easier. Especially when you get your prayers answered. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That was awesome. I just want to say, if you, um, if you did respond to that, and, or you, you want to um, give your life to Jesus, or you have that we have people online, that you can just write that in the comments, and they can... Um, follow up with you on there. Um, I just want to say thank you, Trev, for that. That's been a, it's been powerful. I could feel all night, actually, the, the gentleness of the Lord and the Holy Spirit, just even during the worship and when Em's transitioned and as you spoke then, just massaging and coming alongside. Um, and I just, I know that that's God's heart for everybody. Um, so I'm just going to pray really quickly just to finish. Um, so wherever you are right now watching, if you just um, yeah, close your eyes for a second, I just want to pray a blessing over you guys as we finish up. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you for each person watching tonight. God, I thank you for the yes, truths Lord. of your word, thank Lord, you, and the Lord. seeds that have been planted in people's you, hearts. Lord. God, I just ask that they would be watered, God, and that they would bear great fruit in each person's heart. God, I pray that the eyes of our understanding, God, would be open Mm. to the mysteries of faith, God, and how it works. Father, I thank you you that as they read your word, that it's going to come alive in a new way. 
And I thank you, Holy Spirit, just for every person. Lord, anyone that feels lonely right now, God, I thank you that they will sense your nearness like never before. As Trev prayed, God, I thank you, God, that you you would we would be a body that is so quickened and aware of one another, to love one another and message and call each other. And God, I just thank you. I speak your blessing, your safety and your protection over every person, a part of this church and listening to this message tonight, God. We give you all the glory. We thank you that you're still the king, that you're in charge and that you reign, Father. And we thank you, God, God. (laughs) that as we go from this place, God, I thank you that you are with us. And that we join with you, Father. So I thank you for that now in Jesus' name. And everybody said by faith. Amen. Amen. That's right. Now, just quickly, I just want to say, um, please make sure you keep um, just up to date or checking our social media for updates on what's happening. Currently, we're planning on still meeting like normal next Friday and next Sunday. Uh, But just please keep up to date with that. And our team will make sure that all the relevant details for anything that's changing will be on there. Otherwise, I just want to say bless you all. Bless you, Trev. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. And um, we will see you guys next week. Bless you lots. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, You can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.